Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussions on Concussions podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Coombs-Renwick, and today's episode is very exciting. I have in front of me two people I happen to know my whole life. They are my parents, Steve and Cindy Coombs. Welcome. Good to be with you. Thank you. Uh, Today's episode is called Parents' Perspective of a Fragile Noggin. So we are going to have a very candid conversation about how it has impacted our relationship as a whole of them learning more and more every time I would get knocked down by another concussion about the highs and lows, lots of lows of a brain injury. So we'll first start back. I have lived with my parents for every concussion that I've endured, which is six. Started off small. I guess the first one was at summer camp, and then I came back and it was basically gone. So you guys didn't really have to worry about that. Felt like that was just more of a cool thing to say on my rap sheet. (laughs) Um, And then as time progressed, the first one that was a doozy would have been number five, where I was living at home and it was second year university, and I hit my head getting out of the car. But I remember little snapshots of what happened the rest of the day i was hit i hit my head getting out of the car when we were all going as a family to a restaurant after church and we were all making light of it some were concerned probably a little bit more mom the waitress even got me ice for my head but i was like no it's fine it's fine it didn't really hit me until we came home after the restaurant And I remember my mood swings were all over the place because I I had a wicked headache and I was supposed to go off to sorority photos later that day and get my picture taken and to a meeting. And I, I was still planning on doing that. And I started crying. And at first, I remember I was crying Um, My boyfriend at the time, now husband Matt, was there. And I remember I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm not sad. But I was uncontrollably crying and my mood was all over the place. And then that's when we all realized and we were like, okay, you should not go. Which I know was probably not easy to tell young me at the time. (laughs) Wanting to be independent and go to my things. It's not easy as 19 or 20 years old being told by your parents, no, you can't do that. Um, But you guys had to do that. And I feel Mm -hmm. you had to go through a lot of those ups and downs of directing me what was best for my health. Because I'm a very stubborn person. Wonder who I get it from. And um, both of you. (laughs) I'm very... (laughs) determined determined is what I will call it and I was set on going and I was set on so many other things and you guys were like whoa 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 let's let's press the brake here remember that incident we were going to the restaurant and I I remember you backing out of the the car because Mm -hmm. it was in you were in the third row and I remember, because I was right there holding the door, and you bonked your head. It seemed mm-hmm. so innocuous at, at the time. Everyone thought, well, I mean, they could hear the thud. And, and, then, and then I remember going into the restaurant, and there was obviously, you were, there was something not right. Mm-hmm. And during that, I remember you tearing up during that 
during the meal. Like mm. uh, Matt was very concerned about you. We were, all were. I actually now remember that conversation. Your mother being much more aware of the fact that you should not be going anywhere mm-hmm. that evening. That was the one where, you know, we knew we had to find and search for answers mm. and find a physician because even though we have a wonderful GP, did not understand what you were going through, but did guide us towards a specialist, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You he know? knew that that's what was needed at the point. Exactly. And I think those, as you called those minor, even from the first concussion that you had at summer camp, although you discount that, that you recovered well, from that quickly, that was scary. That was a big one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the only reason you recovered from it so fast is you were young and it was your first one. Yeah. Yeah. But, getting, but it was a very dramatic story, oh. and for a parent to hear yeah. that like your that child goes through that. That sounds a lot more that, severe than just hitting your head in a car, Yeah, right? When you, you say, think. oh, you just hit your head right. versus you got knocked out by a boom and trapped under a boat yeah. in a hailstorm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, too, after that fifth one, once we got in touch with Dr. Bahadur, then we started to understand that each concussion makes everything worse. Yeah. It's a kind of an accumulative effect, right? With that fifth incident, Mom and I were extremely concerned, you mm-hmm. know, and, and uh, if I was talking to a friend or a colleague or whatever, you know, uh, and, and just in conversation it came up that somebody had a concussion, and I'd mention yours, and the first thing that out of their mouth would be, what sport does Rachel play? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's what you always think about, you know, mm-hmm. hockey or or football. Yeah. Uh, but after that fifth incident, that seemed innocuous, as I said, but but that... It was the first time we noticed major symptom yeah. for you. And Mom and I, we just started researching, mm-hmm. investigating, and you, we knew you needed an advocate uh, through university. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember taking you to those appointments, and Mom... Yeah. And well, and they wanted you to just lose your whole semester. They didn't want you to have right. two classes. I remember that. And I remember being because like, I didn't want to drop anything. Yeah. No. <laughs> even Dr. Bader was like, I think he thought maybe you should not worry about school yeah. for that semester. I remember going to those appointments, especially with Dr. Bader, and him kind of giving me that look of like, uh, what do you mean you're... You're telling me that Laurier told you to go to zero. Like, I agree with that versus I was like, do I have to drop any? (laughs) And then it ended up resulting in, you know, the only reason I didn't drop to zero was, one, determination. But two, I only had two out of five professors that when they heard what happened to me, they were so compassionate. And they were like... Willing to work with you. Yeah. To Which is huge. Yeah, They didn't know me at all because the semester had just started. It was like January 10th or 11th when this happened. Yeah, So they couldn't put a face to the name and they just heard my story and they were like, okay, we can work with this. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this time off and we will slowly get you caught up and you can get these courses done in time. Yeah. Yeah. Without those profs, I don't think it, I think you would have had to have dropped everything. Yeah. And the physician, sure. the specialist that, you know, our GP guided us to it was wonderful because 
He was working with the phys ed departments for both universities here in, in the city. But I do remember, you know, as hard as it was for you, and it was really, really hard, it was hard for mom and I to see and slowly get an understanding of how your personality was changing. Mm-hmm. Two weeks of, of basically darkness in your room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, mom, you know, dealt with that, uh, you know, guided you through that much more than, than I, uh, just because of work and, well, your work you both too. Did. I mean, it yeah. was, it was, dip, no, it was, you both really yeah. did. Mom yeah. was a great, amazing support in making sure she took me to literally every single appointment, whether it was with the school, whether it was with some kind of treatment. And, yeah. you, you know, she drive. balanced that. I couldn't yeah. drive at all. That, that freedom was taken away from me. And I even remember being in Dr. Bahadur's um, office once, and it was an appointment where I told him, hey, Valentine's Day is around the corner. And I saw this really cool thing about uh, a sleigh ride, like sleigh rides (laughs) in the countryside. Yes. And I would really love it if me and my boyfriend could go on a sleigh ride. And you... And I remember looking at him like, do you believe You were like, no, you had already told me no, but I was like, you're not my doctor. I've listened to you enough. And you were witnessing me saying this to Dr. Bahadur and his face literally went, "Uh, no, that's not happening. Eventually, I was able to do that after recovering from this one. Yeah. There That's no something movies. I don't think I could do today, but... Yeah. There were no, <laughs> no movies, no there were TV, no, no loud music. Do you remember when it was the Super Bowl? And it was the year Katy Perry had the yes. halftime show. Mm. So it was a very big, elaborate, and it was an artist that I knew, big show. But I was still not allowed to look at a TV yet. And so you guys were watching the Super Bowl, and you were watching the halftime show... And you had me on the couch facing the opposite direction, lying down. And I just remember hearing things and being like, what's happening now? Yeah. And one of you were like, I think she's on a massive tiger. Yeah. And I just only went by description. And it was so funny matching your guys' description and what I could hear from the TV to then later on when I was allowed to be on screens and then seeing videos or pictures of it and being like, okay, it kind of matches up. It's those little things that I definitely remember that are very vivid from my recovery uh, after the fifth concussion. Yeah. I just remember it was like the other ones, they were manageable. Yeah. And, you know, two slipping on ice was when I was at res and you guys would come and like support me. But I remember us thinking how amazing it was of a decision that because you guys live in Waterloo and I was going to Laurier, that for a second year I moved back home. Because when the concussion happened, we thought I'd be paying rent elsewhere because there'd be no way I could live with roommates. Like, no way at all. And uh, you guys had to endure all sides of me being my roommate. (laughs) And uh, I know there, it was hard at times because a lot of the, that was the first time I really endured a lot or majority of, concussion symptoms Mm -hmm. that actually affected mood my mood had never been affected before until that one yeah now i didn't go yeah yeah actually uh you know looking back especially comparing you know number five and number six 
I didn't go through depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. but I definitely went through a dark time. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing was it was really hard and can still be sometimes to this day trying to communicate what I'm thinking and wanting to say, but yeah. the words don't come quite right. to. Right. And then I get frustrated at myself and then I let that out. Yeah. And, you know, you, from what I remember of being a teenager, I never was like that. No, you were The angsty teen. Yeah. And I felt like I was going through my angsty teens at times. Yeah. You know, at 19 or 20 years old. Yeah. 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 No, you were... Uh... Well, always a ray of light and very positive and upbeat and creative. Yeah, so it was uh, it was it was frightening. Um, you know, it, it it took a while for mom. You know, I I'd say something like, you know, where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, and mom would, you know, would say, well, let's go through what she's been going through. Let's let's re- recap that. And because we were so involved in your care mm-hmm. um, and appointments and in working with the university uh, uh, again so important to have an advocate yeah um, in these because so many people just absolutely do not understand it mm-hmm. you know if yeah unless they've known somebody who's been through it yeah they really they don't get don't it don't have a clue and experience no. the change because yeah. it's it's and when when that happens, when you go through those, as you say, angsty moments or whatever, it's not like we automatically or I automatically go, yeah, yeah, it's because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's the issue. It's 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 more like I mean, because you're living your life, you, everything, life is ro- revolving around you, and and all of a sudden, you know, it's sort of like, I mean, thank goodness, mom and I were a good team. I, you know, through that where. Mm-hmm. If I'm not recognizing it, you you did, and and there's dip, you know. Yeah, I always felt like stuff. one of you got it. Yeah, that was I think the thing that was really healing for me mm. is that I never felt like both of you were against me. Right. I always felt like I one of you was always aware. Yeah. Which then is... helped communicate to the other. Right. Which I think was absolutely huge. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know just from all of the care and doing the the right things mm-hmm. as, as hard as, as that were. was for you yeah, yeah. very hard very the very hard everything yeah especially when you were the opposite you were always yeah. the gregarious front the one involved leader, in everything and doing you know. everything mm-hmm. and there were so many things i had to drop yeah. leadership conference that one messed with me having to miss you that you were looking forward yeah. to that for so long it was a big deal and then there's some improvement, you're moving forward and whatnot. Number five, I realized it was January and just that December I had turned 19. So you're literally, it was a, a 19 year old who had a glimpse of freedom, being out and independent, and then taking major steps back and having to be told no by her parents for her own good for my fifth concussion. But at least you guys saw the slow build, and I remember you seeing the progress mm-hmm. of me becoming healed. Because by the end of it, I was driving again. I was working yep. out yeah. again. I was myself again. I was able to become chapter president of Alpha Phi. Yep. All of those things that I still wanted to do, I still graduated on time, and I still did it. Yeah. Which I would not have been able to do without you guys. 
Well, you did it because you you took the courses you need to do. You worked through, and you took the, the time summer. to heal. Yeah, that you needed to before yeah. moving on to that. Yeah, and then took courses key. in the summer to graduate on time. Which and was then huge. in 2017, I was graduated, and uh, it was November, and mom and I were carpooling together on our way to work because we worked close by, and then that's when we got in the car accident, which yeah. was being rear-ended and I just remember out of all things you weren't concerned about the car you weren't concerned about yourself the first words you said were something like how's your head are you okay <laughs> and now we're starting to cry <laughs> phone call from mom on the side of the road and uh, thankfully I was working from home I think I was there within 15 minutes and you were on the other side of the, you were, you were, had gone through the intersection. Yeah. Well, I was, I was put, we were pushed through the We pushed through the well, intersection, yeah. And then I was able to pull up. To yeah. This, yeah. Like you had fast enough reflexes to pull ourselves out of, you know, and people saw it happen. So yeah. thankfully we had that moment where we didn't get hit by the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That was a huge miracle that. <laughs> it could have been 10 million times worse. Yeah. Yeah. And and all mom and I could think of, like, you know, obviously, mom, you were in, in shock, um, mm-hmm. was, you know, how are you? Well, her yeah. head. That's yeah. the first thing. The yeah. Dog and, and, you know, and, and it didn't matter about who was going to be towing the car or whatever, you know, talking to the police. It was like, okay, what do we do for you now? Mm-hmm. You know? And how is this going to impact? Let's just pray that this doesn't. Because when I got there, you were, Rach was gone. I was yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah. I was taken was, to the hospital. Yeah. Because I wanted her to get checked out right away. Yeah. And it the was, hospital was, there was Well, literally. yeah, walk away. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, it was terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for me to get there and you're not there. Obviously, I was concerned about mom. But and I the was fact that, fine. I was just worried about Rachel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty surreal. Um, yeah, and that was the definitely the the heaviest recovery you guys have had to endure with me too. But instead of facing school, it was facing work yeah. balance. I remember that once we were back from the hospital, I was lying down on the floor right there in the living room, and I was like thinking of the million things I had to do because I was planning and running a right. gala for That's that Saturday. Right. Gala was that week. And, uh, and I remember being like, well, I have a, I have a gala meeting tonight, which yeah. funny enough, <laughs> one of the chairs was a fireman. That's that was right. the first. On, That's right. The first person that came that up came, to us. Yeah. After. And he came right to the door and I went, hey. And I remember I might have made a joke because I always use humor right, in yeah. the darkest yeah, of times. I think you did because I was like, "How do you know him?" And yeah, yeah, you were like, "What do you mean you know a fireman?" Yeah. And I was like, "I don't think I'll be at the gala meeting tonight," like jokingly. And then, but when we were back from the hospital, and I had been told right away that it was a six concussion, and they had to check me out, neck everything. And I remember lying on the floor and being like. I got to go to work tomorrow because the thing is I, I actually loved work yeah, yeah, and I wanted to go to work. It wasn't just the societal pressure yeah. that isn't normally on it. And you guys were just laughing like no chance, no chance kiddo. You're not going anywhere. You just started your career. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, as I've uh, expressed before, and we'll we'll touch upon in another podcast episode about you know career balancing percussions is I had my my eye on the prize of just working and getting into the the marketing world and building myself up. And I was at an amazing nonprofit that I absolutely loved going into every single day. So when I was lying there and I knew I couldn't go in, I had just told I had another concussion and I knew I needed to make sure, like I was so careful for my fifth concussion, everything I did, everything intentionally, I wanted to avoid another concussion and everything you both did wanted to avoid another concussion. And I know we might cry up a bit about this too, but mom, you're literally one of the safest drivers. You're the safest driver I know. You are the safest driver. And ever since my fifth concussion, you knew, okay, yeah, she can't get another concussion. And you're always so careful. And even though it was winter roads, yeah. Yeah. And you're always, you're always so perceptive of what's around you, which again is why the accident wasn't, couldn't have been as worse because you got us out of the intersection. Yeah. But I just, I remember too, thinking once I was able to have more reflection time afterwards, how much of a toll it took on both of you. One, you mom being so careful all the time of my head and driving me around all the time and wanting to make sure nothing happened. Like both of you never wished anything more on me. You saw the fifth concussion and you saw that I was healed and that I was back to my normal self, my normal activities. And then this one came out of nowhere. Yeah. And then you just, you you reflect on the unknown. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with concussions. Yeah. It's the, okay, how's the response going to be? I mean, it's um, so concerned, you know, about, okay, your mental state from the perspective of, okay, you knew what it took to to get well through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, now what? With yeah. everything that you were hoping to do in the next little while. Well, and I think it may, it, what it drove home to me is I can be as careful as I absolutely can be. But the girl hit us out of nowhere. She wasn't paying attention. Yeah. So well, to this day, you every time I leave the house, you. Well, because again, I was being safe. I stopped at the red light. You just don't. She didn't. You can't control and, other and, people. And you can't, you can't control, control other everything. People. No. So that's great. I can be the safest driver, but this was proof that yeah. that doesn't really matter if somebody driving near you is not being safe. Yeah. So, and it's that borderline of you can't live your life in fear. No. But you have to also have precautions, especially when, you know, you, you want to make sure you don't have another concussion because yeah. this has definitely been the worst in so many yeah. different ways. This was the first time that, you know, I've, I've dealt with depression or anxiety ever in my life. And I remember um, looking back, I see certain patterns and emotions and things that I was dealing with, but... I had a wedding to plan, Mm -hmm. so it was a very easy cover that there was so much to look forward to, so much happiness, and, you know, I eventually got back to work. It was a slower start, very slow into the office, maybe, like, it started, like, an hour or so a week, and then it climbed back up to full time, and then, then, you know, I, I found myself 
really struggling with that balance of constant pain if I was pushing myself to make sure that I could still have the career and the life that I wanted and then nobody friends and some family like no one would have known what was really going on mentally and physically with me because oh Rachel's getting married soon oh there's this engagement thing there's this it's so exciting what a wonderful life and I didn't want anyone to ever pity me or look at me and think oh that's sad so I never let people in on that and it wasn't until it was after the wedding and then I was living with Matt and he saw every day because instead of when I lived here it was either fun happy things you know it's not like there was there were still lows but I would you know escape to my room right right Mm -hmm. and you guys never had to witness the random times where I'd like just be bawling I didn't Mm -hmm. want you to know but then you know when you're living in a small apartment with one other person and you're in constant pain and suffering all the time, he notices. And yeah, and that's the, you know, there's the, there's the wedding and everything. And yeah. You know, this... Lots of things to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't have the agency that you had before. It mm-hmm. was obviously, you know, mom stepped in huge, your friends. You yeah. Know, obviously Matt and, and, uh, I remember getting a call from Matt. He was concerned to the point where he said, Rachel needs help. Mm-hmm. Rachel needs help. And, I, and, and now, now you're going to get me tearing up. Because <laughs> when you're a baby girl, you know, when you get to that point, and it's very, uh, it's very, you know, it's gut-wrenching. Yeah. You know, and, and then you just, and then you go as, as a dad, you go into, you know, how can we fix this? How, what, what can we do? And that's the thing. There is yeah. no quick fix. No. 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 There's and nothing we could do. A lot of prayer. Uh, to make it better that day. No. Like, but you always, the one thing, you guys always looked for that. And especially like when you said you put in the research a lot for the fifth concussion, there was like barely anything out there. Just yeah. athletes and stuff. It was just yeah. slowly from... You know, my very first one, which we didn't have to pay too much attention to, to the fifth one, there had been, you know, a good significant difference of what was out there right. to, to see. And it's way better nowadays, but still, back then, there isn't that much out there, and especially from a parent's perspective, what can you do for your child? For sure, yeah, no. And I think 2020 was the worst year of my life because it started off for the first time as I was transparent with you guys of having suicidal thoughts in January 2020. To hear that as a parent, I mean, you know, thank thank goodness that uh, that you were transparent. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, how, you know, how many how many people go through this and they carry it in inside and they never voice it because they hear so often from those that don't understand it that you know okay this is this is this is a fault this is a frailty uh or it doesn't exist at all or it's just all in your head until you go through it and you really experience it you know i remember as or have somebody or someone close to you you. you can actually see the change yeah or experience the change yeah yeah you know, honestly, it 
you don't know until you until you even us yeah we don't walk in your shoes no yeah uh, and if I'm being very honest, uh, you know, I mean, I'm your dad. I'm way overprotective uh, and always will be. Uh, I think throughout all of this, the important thing is to, you know, don't worry about talking too much about the fact that the concerning thing would be if you're not talking. Yeah. And yeah. be transparent and be authentic. Yeah. You know, that's where you can help people and that's what you're doing Mm. through this but what a journey you know it's you know we can't live in fear we have to be we have to be wise there's no room for recklessness yeah room to continually learn yeah and strive and and learn and and reach out and that's what you've been doing Mm -hmm. you know throughout this and it and not everyone's journey is the same yeah Mm -hmm. that's the thing i'm just very fortunate that throughout all of this I can always no matter what walk away saying I had a a tremendous amount of support through you guys um and not everybody gets that no and um now we're crying again (laughs) um but you guys have always been wanting to if you if there's a new symptom or something new that pops up that arises you always try to put the work into that and that's (laughs) that's never gone unseen and I think I've only been able to you know stay afloat because of that and I'm just I'm so fortunate because not everyone has that and I want you guys to know that um, I always think of that because I know I've put you through the ringer too of the ups and the downs. And I even remember in September 2019 when I was officially diagnosed with depression and anxiety, which I never thought would ever happen to me um, because I always just like to be happy and bubbly, go lucky person. I remember it was really hard for me to tell you guys that. Like, I'm going to be put on medication for this. I should have a therapist. This is what, and now we're trying to make those topics not as taboo. No, absolutely. Because honestly, everyone in the world should well, have a therapist. And, yeah, <laughs> and no I think kidding. more and more people do. Yeah. Right. And use medication. Too. Yeah. That's become that's more a than thing. Norm. It's and it, the more you talk about it, the yeah. more it, it, it's it's easier. It, that's right. We were absolutely so thankful. You stated that. Mm-hmm. You know, you acknowledged it. Yeah. Because often people don't. No. Yeah. And that's where things can get. It's yeah. easy to go through corner. denial. Yeah. You know. Which I was in yeah. for a while. Yeah. I was in I was in denial until it slapped me in the face. And that's why 2020 was really my reflection year of I struggled a lot. There were a lot of downs. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what I can do in my personal life. I don't know what I can do in a, a work sense life. And then 2021, I felt like I had a great start of, I had a bigger treatment plan, bigger treatment team, lots of hope with that. And I had a new spark where I was like, okay, you know what? That doesn't determine who I am because I was so fixated on, you know, I see all my friends from undergrad being able to carry on with the careers and dreams that they had. And I can't. (laughs) 
but that's a, that's a story for another day. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. have to, you know, you you reposition and you you go down a different path and that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't talk about that. Yeah. And I feel like it really needs to be normalized with brain injuries that your life can shift in so many different ways. Yeah. So for somebody who doesn't have a friend or someone they know, family member that has endured that, you know, if you just all of a sudden hear, whether it's at a networking thing or some kind of small talk thing, oh, what do you do? Oh, I do this now. It Your self-worth isn't tied to what you do for a living. Right. It isn't tied to what you're capable of doing on a daily basis. And I think I just, in 2021, I reflected of, I care more about who I am as a person than what I am doing with my life. And I can take different traits and different skills and I can just rework them in other ways like this podcast Mm -hmm. because I know that there are people out there, and I always say this all the time, that are probably thinking the same things, but there's no outlet or other people to listen to that. And the reason I wanted you guys to join me today is because you have been an incredible support But also, it's a huge lesson to learn of this is a parent's perspective. You play a massive role in my recovery and in everything from my first concussion to today. And I know I mentioned previously that not everyone has that, but I would love this even to be a tool so that if someone suffers a brain injury, doesn't matter how old you are, mm-hmm. to be able to send this mm-hmm. to a parental guide in their life and mm-hmm. just say, you know, I know it's been really hard for us to communicate, but this is what I've been feeling. And this very transparent conversation with this girl and her parents is where I would maybe like to be one day. Mm-hmm. Because again, I'm luckily an open book but it did take me two years to say about what I was going through mentally mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. physically a lot now we are where we are but a lot of people still need to get there right and there's a leg you know for mom and I you know speaking as you know your your mom and dad uh, to whoever might be listening as a parent that it's normal to have doubts about you know what your child might have gone through because it's new and it's different and you're dealing with so many you're juggling so many things in life mm-hmm. uh, uh, but just pay pay attention to what was what was there and, and what is now and and listen mm. yeah uh, if that's one thing and mom you've been great <laughs> this and, <laughs> is be in the moment when you're with your child um, and and that's something that doesn't come easily mm-hmm. to me it, it didn't it, but it's so it's so it's so critical you you're also so blessed uh, because you know of the man you married mm-hmm. you know um, who's Absolutely. just such a special person and and his mom and dad so understanding even at times when they maybe didn't. Yeah, they didn't understand, yeah. you know. But they always showed love and compassion. Yeah. 
it was incredible to have supports on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I'm very fortunate and lucky to have everyone. I find that between you guys and Stephen Barb, my in-laws, you always wanted to understand a little bit more, Mm -hmm. whether it was a little sneak peek, whatever I was able to give you paid attention enough to what other advice would you guys give just to wrap things up to any parent who has a child who is either just got Mm -hmm. a brain injury for the first time or is you know maybe still in my boat where it's still the recovery post-concussion syndrome patience research try to learn as much as you can to understand Mm-hmm. Um, Second opinions. Absolutely. Try to find a concussion specialist. Yes. I don't think you needed it until the fifth. Yeah. But I can't imagine navigating that without our, the specialist. You guys learned so much through him. So much through him that I can't imagine not having that. Yeah. Well, and I think you healed properly after the fifth. That at least when the sixth happened, mm-hmm. even though it would have been great if it hadn't, we knew more yeah. at that point, which was very helpful. So try to find somebody you can learn information from mm-hmm. um, and just be willing to listen. Yeah, and I think listening is is, is massive. It's huge. And patience. And, and no, it's a journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing's it, going to be journey. overnight. It's Don't journey expect for the long that. haul. But Manage your expectations. As long as you know that, it doesn't become daunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and small then, steps are huge. Like and, little wins, right? Yeah. And and have have someone you can talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mom and I have each other. Not everyone's that fortunate. Yeah. Um, take care of yourself so you can take care of your child. I think one thing, you know, if I can have one final thought here mm-hmm. that really helped you this last year is you're focused on giving. Mm-hmm you're you're truly you know even even in this you know as humbly as this started um we're we're so proud of you that's um but you're focused on even what you're saying now i mean we know the comments and the people that you don't even know that reached out that you've touched because Because of of this this that's Mm -hmm. right you know um yeah so the fact that you're going through it instead of just focusing on the darkness. You're focus focusing on okay, there's light. So the parents, and how can I help others? How can I help others who were maybe going through this? Exactly. That's huge. So parents, there's there's light. Yeah. You know, and and there's and there's hope and there's learning and there's a lot of tears and then and there's a lot of joy. Yeah. And I would say my advice to parents from the child's perspective is listening, just like my parents said, listening and having patience and being able to take a step back in those moments where there might be communication barriers. Or judgmental. Oh, <laughs> take, take the judgmental yeah, side yeah, out. Yeah. And, you know, even just you guys with my coverage, just even this year being less of 
with my treatment plan. You guys always know how much of a blessing it is of where I'm treated at SWAT. And you've always been so happy and you can tell that difference in me that you guys are like, oh, yeah, Team SWAT, you've never been there. You've never met the people. We love them. We We live in different cities now. Can't wait to meet them. But, you know, you'll just be like, whatever means necessary, we want to support you. We want you to have that. We know that this makes a massive difference in your physical and mental pain. We want you to have these things. Just offering little things that you can of whether it's, you know, small giving in a financial sense to support those needs or knowing with some family plans you guys now always think okay Rach needs a break from this or that would be too much or we'll space this out or yeah that's fine if you need to go have a nap now it's so easy that coming in here I never have to stress enough this is what my head needs if I ever say oh, I'm feeling this, you go, yep, go, leave, take this, what can I do for you? Yeah. You always now, you no matter what, you've always said, what can I do for you? And I think that would be a huge piece for parents to, to know just the simple question of what can I do for you mm-hmm. is acknowledgement enough of I know my child is, is, is suffering how can I make things easier? Mm-hmm. And you guys have always done that time and time again. We kind of do that too, but all at the same time, because your parent is, you know, you, we, we want to push you a little bit. Yeah. More to, there, there's that, but we got, we've got to be cognizant of not pulling ourselves back from that. We, we trust you. <laughs> we, we trust you that. That's yeah. part of a, the process. Um, yeah. It's learning. And it's, it's, the, it's the difference of being a teenager with a concussion, too, of honestly, if you're a teenager with a concussion, right, listen to your parents. Yeah. If they put the work, <laughs> listen to your parents right now. If you know you can't do that, it's for your own good. I'm, it's not- yeah, I'm turning 27 this year. You know, I'm married and out of the house. And there's this amazing respect that you will find between your parents. If you're a teenager with a concussion, a child, listen to your parents. <laughs> And, but parents, make sure you better. put the work into it. <laughs> yeah. But it's still it's still nice because now you guys have known how much I now put my health as a first priority, yeah. mental and physical. Yeah. So now you listen to me of, okay, yeah, that's what you need. Amazing. Like, yeah. we will accommodate. You just let us know, especially once it's an adult child who has a brain injury to – to completely respect what they're being told by their health professionals, what is best for their mental or physical health, whether it's some space at times or, you know, more. It's the, what can I do for you? How can I help? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, it's nice, it's nice, of course, to always hear that, but it's always great when you guys are direct and it's like, nope, I'm sending you this so you can get a massage. I'm sending you this so you can make sure you have your physio. Okay, we're changing plans so that it's best for your needs. So that is the last piece of advice that I would really press hard um, onto parents that are listening. And again, kids, children, teenagers, <laughs> listen to your parents. And uh, They're and learning too. They're learning yeah. too. That's it's the thing. True. And you don't realize that until you get older and you take a step back. Like I didn't realize it at the time of my fifth concussion, how much work you guys did put in. As a perspective from a child, I would say to 
the fragile noggins out there, be open with your parents. Tell them what's going on. And, you know, sometimes you get situations where you are, you are transparent and maybe they're just not listening, but give the knowledge that they need, the information they need of how you are physically and mentally doing, open yourself up more. It is scary, but once you start opening yourself up more to your small circle, it's then easier to slowly and surely get bigger and bigger until all of a sudden you're spilling your guts on a podcast. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for joining me today. We had many tears and laughs throughout this. So thank you, Mom and Dad, for enduring this. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And remember to rest that head of yours, everyone.